everybody. Back to Remote Watch, the podcast that transcends time. We are your hosts. I'm Kaylee from Kuala Lumpur, currently in London. And we have Julia in New York. Currently freezing my ass off. So based on last time we spoke, we talked about period dramas. And considering I'm frozen, we might as well talk about Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest segue. And with the great... We will be talking about Hulu's The Great. Starring Elle Fanning as Catherine the Great, um, we get the occasionally true story about Catherine's rise to monarchy, becoming queen of Russia. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Right, because, I mean, it's not a 100% true story. The show disclaimers you do not believe this as the true story, because it really isn't. Uh, yeah, so young Catherine is arranged to be married to the king of Russia, Peter. The second question mark? I honestly did not research into it as much as I should have. But when she gets to Russia and she finds that everything is in chaos, she decides... We need a coup and I will be Empress. So we're going to be reviewing season two of what happens after that. So um, this will be a spoiler-filled chat. Thank you so much for checking us out if you haven't seen it, but it is much preferable if you have seen it and so that we can talk spoilers. I mean, yeah, if we're here talking season two and you haven't seen season one, it's very much like every other remote watch episode. If you haven't been here before, what are you doing? Go back to the others, then come back to us. So here we are to talk about The Great. Um, honestly, I started watching it when it first aired because I follow Sasha Dewan on Instagram because he was an amazing master in Doctor Who. And then he was like advertising this show called The Great. And it just seemed up my alley. Like it was a witty period drama about like a woman coming to power. And I was like, that's what I want. That's amazing. And it was amazing and I'm honestly surprised because I figured it'd be both up our alleys but you took forever to watch it and I really want to know why the reason why it took forever for me to watch it is accessibility so we've had this conversation about streaming and like a bunch of different shows and different platforms as we mentioned earlier the great airs on Hulu Malaysia doesn't have Hulu but uh so I saw the trailer for the great literally like three months before the first season of The Great was going to come out. And I was like, that's, I'm going to watch that show the moment it airs. Did not watch it the moment it airs because I can't find it anywhere. So I finally found places where I could watch it this year. So I have fully caught up and it's great. I love it. It's the best time. Honestly, I was so happy when you started it because I think I had just finished season two and you were like, yeah, I'm kind of watching season one. I was like, yes, this is going to be a show for both of us. Yeah. The way that the dialogue works and the fact that it's set in like a period timepiece as well is just something that the both of us would love. And uh, the performances and the set dressing and the costume dressing, everything's just fun. So it's just overall fun time. Think Marie Antoinette, like Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, but like longer. <laughs> it's two seasons. Everyone should check it out. And um, so, yeah, we'll be discussing season two. And here are the spoilers.
So we start season two with the four month war in the palace where there are two sides at the palace. We have people on Catherine's side and we have people on Peter's side where it's sort of a stalemate moment, but we really need the war to the war between the two of them to end right now. So for me, since I binged this show in a short time span, it felt like season two, episode one should have been the finale for season one rather than the heading for season two. But uh, I get why that's how we started off though. What about you? Honestly, I couldn't remember much from the season one finale when I started season two. So I definitely needed that recap, but it was kind of great because it, it helped me not forget things. Like seeing the visual of in of the hallway of the, the two different sides literally fighting each other just told you all that you needed to know. Was that she was on her way to succeeding. It was just literally the palace was divided in the same childish way they handle every other problem in this fictional court. We have the scene where Peter sneaks out to see his wife and he sees his wife with the baby. Well, she because Catherine's pregnant and he says hi Paul I love it every time he says hi Paul it's the best like Catherine doesn't want him in most rooms but every time he appears he'll say hi to Catherine and be like hi Paul and it's just like the cutest thing yeah Paul's not there but you could tell he's really good excited to be a father (laughs) I just love their romance so much it's just it's great I mean that's not how it started like at the season one I absolutely hated him And I was so happy when she got with Leo because I was like, thank God, like she finally has somebody for herself. But like the the first episode when she looks at him and goes, I look at you and I go drier like sand. I was like, yes, I do too. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. But then later on in the season, that's not how it felt. And it was like, how, how did they do that? It's Nicholas Holt's charm. I started shipping it when... Peter realizes that he could be in love with her in season one. And I was just like, oh, these two are going to be so toxic for each other, but I love it. No, because then it just feels like he's still forcing himself on her because he feels like he has to love her. Well, from the get-go, Peter only has like one brain cell and his one brain cell is very much in love with Catherine by like, I think episode eight of season one. So when we got to season two, he's just like completely like, head over heels for her and she's just like I need this man child to go away so that I can run a country but he won't leave me alone uh you're not alone in uh not liking Peter when you first start out especially in season one but by season two you're just like oh my god he's the weirdest man but I I love it no I know I'm not alone in that it just like I couldn't find the way to love him at all in season one. I found this meme recently that was like, uh, Catherine in season one is, I'm married to a power-hungry psychopath who could kill me on a whim. Most people think I should make him fall in love with me and have his babies, but all I want to do is steal the throne. Whereas Peter in season two is, I'm married to a power-hungry psychopath who could kill me on a whim. Most people think I should steal the throne back, but I just want to make her fall in love with me and have her babies. Oh my God. This this is what I mean about like this whole series comes full circle and I absolutely love it. Anybody who looks at this feels like it's a whole cycle and it 
it doesn't veer off any like strange path because you're suddenly reminded that wait this is the same story we've been in like since the beginning Very it's just much. now the roles are reversed like i think it was like one of the episodes in between where like gregor and peter were like okay so how do we get you back on the throne and i was just like oh my god we're back to this again it's really fun that the roles are reversed <laughs> yeah that, that honestly makes sense for a season two. If she took over, he's going to do the same thing she did last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when Catherine ascends into becoming Empress, and I love like her coronation outfit. Actually, they elevated everything this season. It looks so much yeah. nicer and not nicer. It, not that it wasn't nice in season one, but... Everything here looks much more polished and definitely they had a higher budget, I think. But mm-hmm. but everything was so beautiful. I love all the outfits. It's so like it just adds to it, the ridiculousness of this show. Yeah. And it's really strange that I can like point out certain outfits in certain moments that like I love because it's not often I can do that with a period drama. Because a lot of the times, like for Outlander, they put Claire in the same raggedy dress the whole time. And I'm just like, come on, why? Do you have a favorite this season? Probably the look when she was eating his heart. Like that, for some reason, was super majestic for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite dresses is uh, the finale dress where it's like a bunch of roses on the dress. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorites as well. My favorite outfit for Peter is the baby shower outfit where it's just like the pale pigs and pale blues. It's ridiculous, but it's so fun. Why is it the baby shower outfit? <laughs> Why not? I mean, the show is like, it's always slightly modern. Like I, I noticed in season one when like he's going on a run, he's wearing like a hoodie, but slightly old looking. But you know, its intention is to be a hoodie. Yeah, I love how they still continue to be like, of the time, but also anachronistic. And it's not like as pointed out as the the converse Marie Antoinette. <laughs> but I feel like that's a lot of the show. Like a lot of how things are like Catherine is a queen who admits the fact that, you know, she's pregnant and she's queen, but she still wants to have sex. Like that, that part never left her. And it's honestly part of like why I like this as a period drama because it's like I feel like a lot of women in period dramas are not allowed to acknowledge that or they only do after like they meet the one yeah no uh here she's just by episode I think it was in the middle of the season where she's just like I I'm pregnant but I'm horny (laughs) and so she's just looking for someone and uh Aunt Elizabeth and Mariel are suggesting people and they're and Elizabeth suggests hey you know the obvious choice is and then drum rolls it's peter the man with one brain cell (laughs) and she figured okay if i can manipulate that one brain cell to be fine he's so head empty he won't have any extra plans right right that's why i have in my notes like how can peter be so head empty but so head full at the same time because it feels like he's always brainstorming something else for him, it's less of like he's brainstorming, but some things just fall into place quite easily for him, which also adds to the, is he actually chosen by God to be emperor or is it by coincidence? No, because he married someone who overthrew him, right? Well, but then again, it comes to the point where he's just like, his realization of like, huh, I don't think I actually want 
to be emperor. So in a way, it's a good thing that you overthrew me. And so things just sort of come to him, whether he likes it or not. And a lot of the times it does end up working in his favor. So in, is it the divine intervention of your screenwriting or divine intervention of God? <laughs> Of when there's conflict when the plot only needs it. Oh, boy. But you realize, okay, they advertise. I don't know if you saw any, like, advertisements for The Great when Mm. season two was airing. But a lot of the previews were like, this is about Catherine being queen. And her mom is here. And then that's it. And they don't tell you more about it. But her mom doesn't show up until, like, mid-season. Yeah. I got so confused. Her mom didn't show up till very late in the season. Because at the end of episode one, uh, we have, like, the three-minute clip of on this season of the great they have like oh we're gonna free the serfs we're gonna do this and that and then mom comes and i was like oh that's probably gonna be pretty early on that's like episode seven i had to sit through seven other episodes then mom comes over i mean i get it because jillian anderson is such a big actor and Mm -hmm. you know she's amazing but it's like i thought she was gonna be the main conflict of the season and she's not well she is kind of is at the same time she is in the sense that it happens to her. Gillian Edson's character doesn't, she isn't the one that's deciding to cause it. Although she do, that's her intention when she comes to Russia. I mean, she's literally the climax of everything. <laughs> I'm so serious right now because a lot of the tension builds between Catherine and Peter. And then she shows up and then everything goes downhill from there. So it makes sense as to why she doesn't show up until later. The overarching theme of this season is very much parenthood. Catherine's coming in to become basically the mother of Russia. She's having a difficult time to on how to raise her child that obviously she wants the best for. Uh, Peter is dealing with his trauma when he was a child because his father wasn't uh, a great father, even though his father is Peter the Great. Peter's mother figure, Elizabeth, while not exactly the best mother of the year, she does like a decent, decent-ish job of keeping Peter in check. Yeah, see what I like about her is that she has both Elizabeth and Peter's interests at heart. And sometimes you think she has her own ulterior motive, but like she genuinely cares for them both. Yeah. It's just conflicting because they don't know how they care for each other. Or they don't understand because Peter wouldn't understand. Yeah. He would know. I remember in season one being super wary of Elizabeth's character because I didn't know whose side she was on because she would be like sort of be supportive to Catherine, but also uh, be super mentory to Peter. And then when she slid uh, Ivan's throat like the 10 year old child. In season one, it's like, whose side are you on? You raised that child to 10 years old. And then you slit his throat because you don't want Ivan to take over Peter's throne. So I don't know if you're standing with Catherine or not, but she does stand with Catherine because she thinks that Catherine would be the best for Russia. And so when Gillian Anderson's character comes over and says, hey, so I think I know what's best for Russia, even though she's, uh, she, well, Joanna, Gillian Anderson's character, her motivation isn't necessarily that uh, what's best for Russia. She wants what's best for Catherine, her daughter. And um, she doesn't necessarily see that Catherine can be a great leader and she is like ambitious and all that. 
So Gillian Anderson's just saying like, maybe don't be, which is, you know, not great motherly advice. <laughs> I mean, it, she's not exactly looking out for Catherine. The main conflict is that she has several daughters and her objective is to get them all married to kings. Catherine was the last one to get married to a king and guess what? She overthrew him. So now, now that her next daughter is trying to get married to a king, that king is like, mm, she might overthrow me. I don't know if that's okay. Um, so it's a no from me. This marriage is never happening. And of course, Joanna goes to Russia and is like, why did you do this? You couldn't just sit there and take it, the marriage in every form. And, you know, Catherine's like, but you raised me to be better than this. And obviously that's not the case because Joanna looks out for herself, whereas Catherine oh, yeah. looks out for more than herself. Joanna definitely does try to look out for herself with, in trying to fuck Peter because I, that entire plot line is, I texted Julia because she's seen season two earlier than me, like throughout. So I just like texted her, please don't, please don't, please tell me he doesn't fuck her mom. I don't want him to fuck her mom. I don't want him to fuck her mom. And then that when the scene comes up, oh my God, it's happening. I hate it. And then, cause it's a very quick moment. <laughs> so they're at the windowsill and they're doing the deed. And then she falls out the window. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh my God, he fucks her to death. What the hell? But it's like, I thought he was going to change. I thought he was just like going to flatter refuse her because he's like, no, Catherine's the only one for me. But of course, because he's head empty, he can't refuse any form of seduction ever. But also it's karma because it's like Joanna so desperately wanted to end Catherine's reign. She so desperately wanted to like seduce Peter and change things. Oh, well, bye. <laughs> so that's where most of the plot kicks in, which I feel like so far season two before that point was just sort of coasting by and like the political intrigue of it because it just wasn't working as well for me because every time that the scenes weren't on Catherine and Peter I found myself being like I think these are just not happening as organically as I would like because I was as into the side characters they felt quite mechanical uh but what was really hooking me on was literally Peter and Catherine. I think about like what that pitch must have been to Gillian Anderson. It's like, yeah, you're going to get fucked to death out of a window. How do you feel about that? Well, you've seen her in sex education. So you sort of know like how she enjoys. No, being... she ends up in equally ridiculous situations <laughs> in sex education. So that's why I'm not surprised. I think I was more surprised at that. It actually happened in the great, but really I shouldn't be. Because that's just how the show is. Yeah, you get bored by like the political intrigue and the side characters. But it's like when it comes to the main characters, there is always something like surprising in store. The side characters really don't work as well for me. I mean, I hope that changes. We'll see how it changes for me in season three. But so far, a lot of the character motivations for side characters aren't as prevalent or strong in uh, pushing the plot forward and which is a problem because when characters do decide things it doesn't feel natural and it feels like it's just for the sake of moving the plot forward we made this decision. I also feel like that's part because a lot of the plot is driven by sex. <laughs> like Mariel is now 
part of the court because she's no longer a serf. Grigor's wife has been exiled, quotes, because that's a very special circumstance. Um, Orlo is thinking, oh, I, I might like men. I might like women. Uh, that- Archie, for some reason, wants to <laughs> sleep with everything that moves. And now that Velimentov doesn't have a purpose to like sleep with somebody, he doesn't have one, period. This show is very much like, you know, um, focused on relationships. I feel like they could have like honed in on more of the more platonic relationships. Like Catherine forgives Mariel instantly, despite the fact Mariel being the one that uh, sort of betrayed Catherine and kickstarted this war. And I sort of get that, you know, she had that rapport with Mariel in season one. Uh, but uh you know, she betrayed you, man, and you're no longer making her serve, and she's instantly in court. Um, one of the my favorite friendships was Orlo and Catherine in season one, but when we got to season two, for some reason, uh, it was a lot more muted, and it didn't work as well for me in season two. I mean, for, I guess, it works in its favor, and it works, it doesn't at the same time, because, they already laid the groundwork in season one for me to buy that there are uh, dynamics with each other, but they didn't necessarily further it in season two. Yeah, I understand you, but I also understand why they might have like changed it all because she's not relying on anybody as much as she did in season one. So then she feels the need to go to Peter for certain things. Maybe she should though, because um, we see that episode with the serfs where... Um, she, by her own volition, makes the decision that we need to free all the serfs right now. And uh, the aftermath of that was bad, obviously. And it was because she didn't listen to her advisors. So maybe I, I don't necessarily know how to fix that, but I just felt like that. The all Most side characters were dealt well this past season, especially I was really disappointed with Orlo, honestly, because... Uh, we set him up to be like a really good ace representation because in a show that's so filled with sex, um, we could have this character who's just not interested in it at all because we have him one episode going, I've tried it out with women. I didn't enjoy it. I've tried it out with men. Didn't enjoy it. But then now he's with the teacher. So, mm. Yeah, that could have easily been where he was asexual, but not aromantic. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Orlo would be the type to write love letters and be like, yeah. oh my god, I'm going to send it out. <laughs> <laughs> this season is uh, Elle Fatting and Nicholas Holt's season because they were the standout in every scene that the two of them were together. Uh, in the this first episode of season two where uh, Peter just goes over and he's got like the gun and he's just like... Um, I would fuck your dead body for days. I just want you to know that. And she's just like, gross. And then uh, slowly how they start to fall in love with each other because uh, Catherine's in a place where like, uh, there's not many people who sort of understand the position that I am in right now. And Peter is someone who was the top of that system. And he he understands uh, that. And they were able to bond over that. And slowly, and their shared child, Paul um so that was great I root like Elizabeth I root for both of them and I normally take one side like last season I was all on Catherine's side I did not 
want to like Peter at all. And yet now I'm like, I want them both to be happy. And the only thing that makes both of them happy is each other. The only conflict, like the problem is Russia. We have that uh, finale scene where um, Catherine was obviously upset because Peter fucked and killed her mom. And then um, she's like, I forgive you. But then she goes to the room and decides maybe not. And she stabs uh, what she thought was Peter. Turn around. It's a lookalike. Um, and from that, she realized that um, she really loves this man and uh, is willing to gonna try again, I suppose. See, when, in that, when that scene happened, like I thought about it from like Peter's perspective. Like, damn, the woman he loves was still willing to kill him. Like, what do you, how do you move on from that? Well, do you continue loving her because she kind of like felt bad for it afterwards? Peter's not alone in that. He's tried to kill Catherine several times. He's tried to drown her. So, like, enemies to love. They're even now. Yeah. Uh, Literally, I have a note here that says that um, for the way how TikTok constantly raves about tropes like, enemies to lovers and arranged marriages you would think they'd hype this show up non-stop uh, but I was here being super scared that we weren't gonna get a season three really why because I don't know because it's first of all it was a straight to streaming series and usually I I sort of get that if it's a high budget drama show like this a lot of studios they're not necessarily willing to invest more than two seasons um especially for period dramas and if the reception isn't great it's unlikely and i don't hear as much buzz um of the great which is really sad because everyone used to watch the show it's so fun yeah it it needs all the hype that it can get because it's very strong it it's hard for me to find issues with it of course, except when I come to talk to you because suddenly you find them and I'm just like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a big deal. So for me, the great part, <laughs> the great <laughs> the great parts triumph uh, over the parts that I do sort of notice because it's still constant fun stuff that's happening. Um, like even some of the side characters have really stupid plots, like how Mariel has to marry her eight-year-old cousin just to keep her estate, which was a hilarious thing to deal with. Yeah, it's hilarious, but also proves that like Catherine wanted like women to be independent and to be able to live without having to get married, but she didn't work fast enough. So it's like proof of this court hasn't changed yet. Not quite yet. It's on its way, though, because uh, that episode where the biggest laugh that came out from this show for me was episode seven, when we're having um, a display of all the scientific creations in Europe, of the greatest minds in Europe, and we're picking the Russian one. What are we going to display to everyone? So I have a stapler. See? It staples two pieces of paper together, and it's like, Okay, great. Which is really funny as like a setup payoff situation because uh, the episode before that, uh, Catherine threw all the papers of 
all those plans for the country. And he was like, uh, those were organized in order, but they weren't numbered. So I don't know where goes where anymore. So the next episode, we have a stapler. That's funny to me. And then we see the beginnings of the roller coaster. And then it's just like, oh, it's for everyone. It's for children. It's for uh, women and men. And they can just go up and they would just fly up and die. That was that got, got the biggest laugh from me. Honestly, that was perfect because it's like it's the most grand scheme, but it still ends in destruction anyway. <laughs> Russia, huzzah. Huzzah. The ridiculousness never ends. Uh, which brings me up to like season three and what I can't wait to see. Um, I can't wait to see more weird ass shenanigans that everyone goes through while Catherine's trying to modernize. We still have the Swedes who have been overthrown from their country who desperately wanted army to take back their own country while Russia's like, oh, we have our own wars to deal with, like the Ottomans. I something that we haven't really dealt with this season, but I really want them to like uh sort of bring it up because Gregor tried to poison Peter because Peter wouldn't stop sleeping with George, and we haven't brought it up since. And I feel like it's time. I mean, it also wasn't brought up considering George left and Gregor was more preoccupied with Mariel. I I guess Peter forgives him. <laughs> Well, Peter doesn't know yet. We don't know how Peter's going to react because it's while he only has one brain cell, that brain cell is very unpredictable. So it could go either way. It looks like George is going to have like a lot more direction this season for season three. And I'm sort of on the fence on that because uh, it could be fun to see what a George versus Catherine sort of situation is going to look like. But also, ultimately, we sort of do know what's going to happen because uh, it used to be, well, the tagline used to be an occasionally true story. (laughs) It's like an almost entirely untrue story. So we could get to a situation where Catherine loses. So No, I won't be able to handle that. (laughs) Um, it makes sense to do the whole like wife versus the mistress thing because it's like this is really the first time that George has come up against Catherine. Um, I already knew she was like planning something extra when she was like, I need to go to Paris and learn something new and close my legs and open a book. And I'm like, you you lying. Stop. Don't even. You already seem shady. You were shady from the beginning. And I kind of wish you would just leave the show. But you make things more interesting. So let me not. Because it's kind of interesting because like um very much she could be that mistress character that's just jealous of that like oh he's paying more attention to Catherine now but she has slightly more motivation than some of the more cardboardy characters in that okay I'm scared of what Catherine's gonna do to not just um not just Russia, but to my own personal life because everyone in this show is for their self-interest. Because Catherine very much is gonna try and abolish uh, nobility in the way that it currently is, and it's gonna affect uh, George. So George is for herself, so she's gonna go to France and learn how to not have that happen to her. And she goes to France and realizes, yeah, the free thinking thing, it's not for Russia. We, we need to stop her. And I want to see how she executes those plans. Honestly, 
I need to do a little more research because it makes me wonder, like, France is famous for overthrowing their leaders, famous for, you know, revolting against them. So I wonder if she's taking inspiration from that, too. And I want to know if she's going to bring anybody from France to Russia for next season to be like, hey, we're we're going through this. Can you help me? Well, the guest stars this season have been so fun. I I don't want to like speculate who they who they might bring up, but like I'm excited for who they bring up next to. Like I did, I knew Jillian uh, G- Anderson was gonna come because that little um this season on the great, but, but I did not expect Lucius Malfoy to play like to just suddenly appear and play Peter's dad, and that was so fun. Okay, after a quick search, and I'm sorry, it's quick Wikipedia search. I'm not a very reliable source. <laughs> Apparently, um, Marie Antoinette terrain overlaps with Catherine's. Like, Catherine has a longer reign, but in between that, Marie rules France. Um, I wonder fun. if that's around the time that uh, George goes to France. Ooh. That'd be, that'd be something fun to look around in season three. I also scratched that I don't want to speculate who's going to be guest starring in season three. I want Dakota Fanning to come up in season three. I just think it'd be funny to play Catherine's sister and like be the sister that was supposed to get married to the King of France. And I, I just know, I don't know. I just think that that'd be so funny. But that would make so much sense too, to be like, like our mother came here and suddenly disappeared. And now France is having a revolt because of, you know, Marie and her husband. But oh my god i swear if they do like a french revolution type theme in season three i'm gonna be so excited well how i honestly i season three can go anywhere which makes it so exciting and thank god it's renewed so huzzah um so what can we take away from this um as somebody who hates when shows go off the rails um i love that this one goes full circle so if it continues to go in its cycles and doesn't veer off the path, it might be the most beautiful show I've ever watched. <laughs> it's beautiful in the set dressing and uh, the ability to come full circle. Uh, it's and a beautiful cast too. Elle Fanning's gorgeous. Nicholas Holt's go- gorgeous. And like, everything's just great. Also, I feel like they need, this show needs to win awards and people need to know the show more. Because it's it. I just need, I need to gush with people about the show. And where are you guys? Well, I know it. Elle's getting a lot of award recognition right now. Really? For season two. Yeah. Elle fatting for Emmys 2022. So what are you watching? Uh, so I've been watching. I watched that Olivia Coleman Dakota Johnson show. Uh, the Lost Daughter. It's uh, it's a Netflix original movie. It's kind of odd. That was what I was watching. Oh, but one thing I do want to recommend to everyone is Arcane on Netflix. It's so good. I honestly was not expecting a Netflix original movie with Olivia Colman and then Arcane to be the recommendations. <laughs> that just shows you how unhinged we are with our recommendations here on Remote There we go, Watch. yeah. Um, what about you? I'm, I'm also gone down the live action slash animated route i mean that's how my life has been for the past year um i just finished watching i may destroy you Um, oh yeah from michaela cole and it was really interesting to watch because like i love chewing gum and i expected like 
I mean, I was so used to her comedic side, but Michaela's writing is beautiful no matter what she does. She is also a beautiful person. So that's amazing. I am also watching, still watching anime. Just finished Tokyo Revengers. Was not expecting to get into like a gang story to be exciting, but it was. I could never personally fight anybody like that, but go off to everybody who did. Well, thank you so much for listening to us this week. Join us next time we talk about a new topic on the podcast that transcends time. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You can follow us on Remote Watch on Twitter, Remote underscore watch on Instagram. Check out our website, uh, www.remotewatchpod.com. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Remote Watch out.